Thanks for listening. This is Brian Hurley from Business Performance Improvement. The podcast Lean Six Sigma Bursts are short lessons, comments, Q&A, and insights. If you have a question, send your question through the Anchor app, and we might feature you on a future episode. Or contact me at biz-pi.com. Today, I'd like to talk about two concepts of measuring the center of your data, the mean or the average, and the median. And most people are familiar with average, um, but the discussion I want to focus on is median, which is not something that's commonly used, but it is a really important measurement of your process. When we calculate the average or the mean, the mean is kind of like the statistical term for that, but most people just use the word average because that's more familiar to them. And that's basically, you'll take your data set and you'll sum up the numbers and then divide by how many data points you had. Um, So a real simple example, if I have the following numbers, one, six, seven, eight, 10, 12, and 22, we could do an average of those numbers If you summed up those numbers, you'd get 66. And if there are seven data points, then you take 66 divided by seven and you'll get 9.43. So 9.43 is roughly the middle um, or average of the data set. But it's a weighted average and it's because if you have large numbers, like let's say that instead of the last number being 22, it was 220, the average would get pulled towards that 220. It would weight heavily Uh, on that number. So average works fairly well if you have data that is similar or grouped together, but if you have outliers or, so in um, statistical terms, we might identify those as outliers when they're more than three standard deviations away. Um, So if we are looking at our average and we have data points outside of that range, we might consider whether those are legitimate data points because they will definitely throw off our calculations. The other metric that you could use is the median. The median is not affected by outliers as much, and so it can be a better indicator of the true center of the data or the middle of the data than the mean at times, especially if you have data that is skewed or um, non-normal, where the normal distribution is that bell curve you might have seen in, in a histogram of a data being plotted. But if you have data that's skewed, where it tails to one side or the other and kind of spreads on out to the long side of it, that can pull the average towards the tail of the distribution and it can make the median a little bit more accurate and better. The median is commonly seen in real estate prices and that is because you have a lot of outliers in the housing prices. You have a typical house price of, depending on your city and and region, it could be $300,000. But if you have $1 million house or a couple million dollar houses in the neighborhood, it will really skew and throw off the average result. The average might bump up to four or 500,000. And you would see that 80% of the homes were under 500,000, but the two that are above, you know, pulled the average that way. And so it's not really a mid, the middle point of the data. It's so sensitive to those outliers. So a median would actually pick up around the $300,000 mark if that's really what the typical price is if you were to kind of do a little tour of a neighborhood. So it, it, it does a better job of finding the middle or more uh, typical data point. 
So the calculation for median is very simple. In fact, there's very little calculation. It really just depends on whether there's an even or odd number of data points. So with an odd number of data points, and going back to our example, 1, 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, and 22, the middle would be the one that's in right in the center. So it would be the fourth data point. And when you do median calculation, you have to sort it from smallest to largest. So that is an important element is that you start from the very smallest number and work your way up to the largest, and then you pick the one in the middle. So of the seven data points there, the fourth data point would be eight. And so the median is eight. And so there really was no calculation there when you have an odd number of data points. You just pick the one that has three points below it and three points above it, and that would be eight. If you have an even number of data points, let's say there wasn't an eight, it was just one, six, seven, 10, 12, 22. The median would fall between those two data points, the third and the fourth data point. So it'd be halfway between the seven and the 10. So basically you would take the average of the two numbers, seven and 10, and the average would be 8.5. And so there's a very simple calculation that is done when you have even number of data points. So that's how the median is calculated. The, it doesn't use all the data except for when you're sorting the data. But the difference would be in, when you're calculating the average, and let's say the last number 22 was 220, the average would be something much greater than nine or eight. It would be you know, 15 or 20. And that would be not even close to what most of the other data points were. If you did the median, and the last number was 220, it wouldn't change your median at all. It would still tell you that you're around eight or eight and a half. And so it, again, it's not sensitive to outliers. And so it's a different view of that data. Another place where I see medians used is in um, salaries. So you might have a typical hourly rate, and then you have a CEO who's making much more per hour or a salary, um, you could look at it from a salary, annual salary perspective, they're gonna throw that number off quite a bit. And so it's not really reflective of what most people are making, the typical person. So that's uh, a one way of looking at your process. How this can be helpful is that when you're looking at the average, you're going to be looking at, um, let's say a average yield by product or by service that you provide you're gonna be pulled towards the ones that have outliers potentially in your data. And maybe that's not where you really wanna focus. So I was working with a client uh, last week and the question came up was where do we focus our time on? Do we go look at the, the problems that have spiked up and have had a bunch of issues but were resolved and we figured out what was going on? Or do we look at the problems that are recurring over and over again that keep hitting us day after day, week after week. And so I suggested that they look at the median instead of the mean or the average. And what it did is it brought to light the, the ones that were most frequently happening day after day. Or one product line had two defects, then three, then four, then two, then one, then zero, then 22, then one, then two, then three. The average would have been driving, would be driven up as the number of defects per day, it, that would show that one is the number one problem, but it was driven mainly by the 22 defects on that one day. If you would look at the median though, the median would be closer to two or three per day, 
And so that may not have been the largest con continually recurring problem. Or if they had another issue that was hitting five, six, four, five, four, six, five, five per day, that one with the median would actually show up. Even though it may not have the total number of defects, it would be the one that was showing up most consistently. And so when they were looking for opportunities by the defect type, they noticed that the median gave them an, a better indicator of recurring and constant problems that maybe they hadn't been addressing yet. And those would maybe be the area they want to focus for longer term uh, process improvements. So that's just a different way of, of looking at your data set and not being affected by that and not being affected by the outliers as much. Alternatively, if you are making improvements to a process and you eliminate the outliers from the process, which are typically we call the special causes, oftentimes it's a mistake or error that occurred and that we would want to go in and mistake proof or correct that so it doesn't happen again because it created that spike. Whereas if you're looking at actually really changing the process and making it better, just by removing the outliers, you will lower your average, but it doesn't mean the process has gotten any better. It just means you've eliminated the outliers and mistakes. If you actually can show that the median has dropped, then that would be better evidence that you actually have improved the process. So let's take an example of a, a, a process that takes 20 minutes to complete. If I look at the average, and if the average was 20 minutes, that could be because it typically takes 15 minutes, and then sometimes it takes 45 minutes or 60 minutes at times. And so the average would get pulled up to more like 20 or 25 minutes on average. If you looked at the median of that process, even with those spikes, it would be closer to 15. And so if you remove the outliers, uh, the mean will drop down closer to 15. And maybe that's important to show that you're removing the spikes and the, and the issues there. But the median won't actually improve. It'll be the same, it'll still be at 15. For you to actually drop the median, you'll have to ch fundamentally change the process to remove waste and so that you have an average that actually is lower than 15. So that you'd have to take out a couple minutes out of that process to drop it down to 12 or 11 minutes. Then you'll see that the median will actually drop. So when I'm looking for a fundamental change in the whole process, not just removing of the outliers and spikes. I'm looking to see that the median has been reduced, not just that the average has gone down. So my recommendation would be to look at both the mean and the median of your data. So if you're trying to look for fundamental improvements to the process, you want to see that the median has changed, not just that the average has gone down, because that could just be implying that it's the you've removed the outliers, not necessarily reduce the actual time it takes most of the time that the process runs. So I hope that was helpful. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me or send your question through the Anchor app and um, let me know what other topics you might want to hear about. Thanks. LeanSixSigmaDefinition.com has a list of glossary items about popular process improvement terms along with a history of Lean and Six Sigma methods and key influencers like Dr. Edward Stemming, Henry Ford, Taichi Ono, Shigeo Shingo, and many more. You can also learn how to access affordable Lean and Six Sigma training and certification. Visit LeanSixSigmaDefinition.com.